Thanks for tapping into The Shift is Real, a podcast where we have casual conversations about growth, discuss stories of personal transformation, and share moments of insight. I'm your host, Tiffany Wright. I'm so grateful to have you on this journey and excited to talk about these shifts. So let's get into it, y'all. Please be advised, explicit language may be used. Okay, y'all. So this is a bonus episode. Something I really want to talk about. Self-criticism. <laughs> I want to talk about self-criticism and embracing imperfection. Now, part of the reason I want to discuss this topic, it is definitely personal driven. And I think it is challenge that I, I mean, I've probably had all my life. Mm. However, it is something that I've been able to work through and manage a lot or well, so to speak. But let me tell you, when that self-criticism monster show its head, baby, yeah. It, it gets it gets real brutal. So today we're going to be talking about self-criticism and embracing imperfection. I want to talk about it in a very general sense. And I also want to discuss a little bit around how it connects to self-love or challenges that we have in our journey of self-love. So when it comes to, well, do y'all, do y'all wanna know what brought this on? Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna tell y'all, cause I mean, that's the point of me doing this. So recently I had an amazing opportunity to participate in this year's TEDx UC Davis very grateful for the opportunity. You can find the video on my website, livethebelife.com. I am now very, very, very proud of my participation. But this was not the case leading up to, I don't know, April 18th. So when I found out about the acceptance into the speakers lineup, I was excited. I've been applying for and desiring to be a part of a TED event for some time. I still want to do more TED events. I love speaking. I love speaking. I love sharing. I love teaching. I get real excited. And I love a stage, okay? Listen, you know how people get really nervous on a stage? Put me on stage in front of a million people, honey. I will shine, okay? You would think I am talking to one person. I spent many minutes and hours dressed up as a child 
walking across my fireplace, which is elevated, okay, in my family home. Like, that was my stage. I knew I was going to be on somebody's stage. Of course, at the time, I was mimicking Mary J. Blige and dancing to Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson and Luther and, strangely enough, Michael Bolton. I know, strangely enough. And Paula Abdul. But, like, I love these folks. And I was always on the fireplace. My grandfather would be recording me. Like, I'm going to be on somebody's stage. Now, clearly I'm not a singer. (laughs) Then the idea was, like, maybe as a dancer. That wasn't the thing. However, I connected to my love for speaking. My first major speaking opportunity, I would say, was my high school graduation. I was class president and I demanded that I be the one (laughs) to give the graduation you know, commencement address. And I loved it. Oh my gosh. It just, it felt amazing. So I've for a long time had such an intense passion for speaking. Uh, It's something that I'm comfortable with. So when it came to Ted, you know, one day I said, oh, I'm going to be on the stage, you know, with that emblem in the background, speaking to an audience. And the first TED opportunity I got was TEDxUC Davis in the midst of Rona, which means that most of the TEDx events are virtual. So at first it was like, okay, great, wonderful, I got this. And I was like, oh man, it's it, I'm not gonna be on stage, but it's cool, it's cool. So what are what are we gonna do? And I found out that I had to record myself. Now, (laughs) if you have been a long-term listener from this, you know, I mean, it's only been some months, right? Like I launched this in September, October, 2020. Um, You know, I don't have the best audio. I know that. Okay. Now, something that I did (laughs) with this podcast is um, I just, I went into it because I wanted to do it for so long. And I had a friend who I love dear so much. Um, She kept just pushing me to launch the podcast. And she was with me um, in 2019. And she said, you know what? I'm tired of this. You're making all these excuses. I'm going to buy your microphone. I was like, oh my gosh, if you buy the microphone, that means I have to start it. Part of the reason it took me so long to start this podcast, and I I literally had the name The Shift is Real since 2016. I'm me and technology, like, you know, we like cool, but we like not friends. Like, we are like the acquaintances that like try to catch up whenever we see each other in a common space, but we not like hanging out like that. Like, that's that's not <laughs> a thing. So recording content, recording myself, whether visually, audibly, it just is like, mm, you know, it, it, it seems like a good idea conceptually, but then in the, the practice or the attempt of it, I just get frustrated, like all kinds of things. So I've had friends 
forever tell me that I should have a podcast, have a YouTube channel, post more videos, do this and do that. And I know I have the personality. I know I have the excitement. I know that I have uh, wonderful things to share, but there, there is, there is a gap. <laughs> there, I'm just going to say there is a gap and a low tolerance or desire actually to become what I need to become to embrace these things, honestly. So I'm giving you all of this so you can really understand. When I got the opportunity to do TEDx and I found out I had to do a video, I instantly got really anxious. Oh my gosh, what, how am I going to, I need it to be perfect, right? Like I want to simulate (laughs) a real TEDx experience. Um, It needs to be high quality, this and that and other. Well, long story short, the video was not the quality that I had envisioned. Now, the message is great. I look great. The background is great. You see everything clear. The audio is just not the best. But what another person might say as not the best, my highly, like very intense, loud, critical voice said, this shit is garbage. I'm just going to be real blunt with y'all. Like when I turned it in, I said, oh my gosh, I fucking dropped the ball. This shit is garbage. What the fuck? How are they going to do this? How am I going to do Like it was a whole string of thoughts. And every day, counting down (laughs) to the conference, every day I was working on sitting in gratitude and listening to my loving tribe say, Tiffany, it's going to be okay. I'm sure it's not as bad as you think it is. And even my TEDx team said, Tiffany, it's not as bad as you think it is. Like, it's it's still great. It's still great. So the day of the conference comes, y'all, and I did not even have my sound on when they were playing my video. Okay, I did not have the sound on. Do you hear me? I'm watching it, but I'm still cringing, even though I don't hear anything. I was cringing. Um, Afterwards, there was a Q&A session. I felt fine with that. You know, that was live. And I just started getting all these messages and folks were saying, oh, my gosh, the message was amazing. Your Q&A was amazing. And still, my critical voice was like, but that audio was garbage. Like that was pure trash. I was so embarrassed. I felt like, what did I do? I totally dropped the ball. I messed up the opportunity. And once it was done, I said, you know what? I'm going to celebrate. So I I did. I, I celebrated with loved ones. And over the course of the week, I got better. So this The event was April 10th. (sighs) Then it got posted to the TEDx um, YouTube page. (laughs) And 
the first three comments, one was like, oh, this was great. And then the other two were like, oh, my gosh, basically like the audio is garbage. And me, I'm like, I know it's fucking trash. I know. One comment was like, Ted needs to take this down. And I'm like, I know (laughs) it's fucking trash. And I went into a spiral, a, a very intense like when I say intense, y'all, like very intense spiral. And I say I had like five different conversations with close friends. And I went from like a 20 to like a nine. Okay. It was still very high, but I came down. And that day I was on my way to driving to Bay Area um, because I was going to go to Napa for the weekend with my friends and co-founders of my nonprofit, Coco Coalition. We were celebrating three years of Coco, also me celebrating Ted. And so I just was like, oh, I need to get in a space where I can feel celebratory. I can't fucking celebrate because I'm fucking mad. I was like, let me tell y'all the thoughts. The thoughts were like, I dropped the ball on this. What's wrong with me? I did not give a valid reflection of myself and my professionalism. I did not reflect upon, properly reflect upon like the professionalism of Ted, uh, Ted or TEDx brand. Um, People are not going to listen to the message because the audio is messed up. Um, I, I just had so much going on. How could something that you want so bad, you just drop? It's like God was like, here you go. And then you like threw it down the gutter. Like I just had a lot of really intense thoughts. And of course, everyone's like, Tiffany. It's okay. It's not that bad, right? I was getting a lot of, it's not that bad. I can still hear it. Um, you know, it's okay. This was your first time doing something like this. You're not really a, a techie person like that. You know, the message is still good. The message is still good. And no matter what, y'all, like I couldn't get past it. Okay. I couldn't get past it. And. I had a journaling session the following morning, Saturday, and it clicked. Journaling always helps things click. It always does. I really, really just promote journaling. At least it works for me, okay? Something allowed me to realize that I needed to grieve and forgive. Like, grieve the fantasy of how I envisioned the experience and forgive myself for whatever, you know, decisions I made that I didn't feel like would put me in the position to produce what I wanted to. And that was really, really big for me because in that forgiveness, I was able to repivot back to gratitude and answer the question, what value did this serve? Like, what did this teach me? Now, 
up to this point, three and a half weeks, you know, had lots of friends trying to encourage me and all kinds of stuff. And they're like, you know, Tiffany, it's done. Like you move past it. You just think about the solutions and move forward and this, that, and the other. And yes, I, I cerebrally, intellectually got what they were saying, but that was not dropping down in my spirit. And so, yes, 15 minutes in, you're like, Tiffany, what the fuck is the point of this? We're about to get into it. <laughs> Embracing imperfection. Like really embracing imperfection. Leaning into imperfection, celebrating imperfection, loving imperfection. That is what came out of this for me. As someone who is, I deem myself as a self-love ambassador, I have done so much work around the notion of acknowledgement and honoring and acceptance of myself, of life, of other people. So acceptance is is very core to, to my true understanding of how I operate. It is very core to my relationship with myself. But this was a moment or an experience where it was very hard for me to translate the imperfection of like this product to the practice of accepting my own ability to be imperfect. And once I connected that, I said, oh, fuck. Yeah, this is opportunity for acceptance. And it was just so interesting because I've done such a better job at not compartmentalizing experiences or people or, you know, areas of my life. But this was compartmentalized. One of my best friends said to me, look. You are a novice in this, this face forward, public recording, creating content stuff. Like, yeah, you've done IG lives for a long time. You know, just use your phone, uploaded videos. But there is a lot of information that you just did not have and a lot of understanding that you just didn't have around the basics of, you know, sound, <laughs> engineering, video, production, acoustics, etc. She said, what if you just embrace that you reached another level, you're a novice, and you have things to learn? And so when she said that, that pinged something for me. Because I realized that in me, reaching for my own idea of perfection, I didn't embrace the opportunity for a journey of learning. <laughs> like I didn't embrace it. And even as somebody who can be a quote unquote expert, you can still not be perfect 
even in your expertise, right? Like there's just there's just always opportunity. So that that was one thing. But for me, around the imperfection, I found it very interesting having this epiphany because my platform to a degree, like maybe y'all don't know, <laughs> but in my fucking head, around self-love is about embracing imperfection. When I say the first commandment of self-love is honor thyself, meaning honor yourself in your totality, your light, your darkness, and your shadows. What I'm saying is honor all of you. The things or the ways about you that you love and the things that you don't love. The things that seem to fit and the things that you want to fix. (laughs) The things that don't seem to fit. The things that get in your way and the things that allow you to be free. In embracing this experience, I realized, wow, I have long asked God to put me in a place where I could reach others, you know, in different ways around different topics, but at the end of the day, be a vessel for healing and restoration and repair and breaking cycles of dis-ease and struggle and dysfunction. Like this is the purpose that I have come to be very in tune with. And in me having this opportunity that in my mind, in my universe is so big and showing up for it in a way that was authentically imperfect, I said, oh, actually this embodies the state of my existence. And what I like to share with people is that just because you're imperfect, it doesn't mean that you don't have value. Just because you're imperfect, it doesn't mean that you are not enough. Just because you are imperfect doesn't mean that you are not worthy, whether that's of love, of joy, of freedom, of impact, of prosperity, Imperfection does not mean there's no value. And my critical voice was saying, this is bad. This is, no, it was saying this is trash. Like it was saying it was garbage, right? This is garbage. It's not useful. And what that translates to is you're fucking garbage. You're not useful. And that is a fucking lie. It's one thing, and and listen, I'm about to be sharing stuff with y'all like friends told me because all these things really helped me. Uh, Another friend said to me, having a sense of critique just allows you to focus on the solutions. Your past critique, your past accountability Now you're going into shame, you're going into attacking yourself, and that's not the same. 
you know, because I was like, no, I'm just holding myself accountable for what I didn't do. And she's like, no. Nah. If you were just about the accountability, Tiffany, you would identify what could have went better, what you could have done differently, and gather the resources to allow you to do something differently in the future and let it go. So I had to I had to think about that, you know, and I realized, okay, yeah, I, I do need to bring myself down from this. So when I had this journaling session and I had this shift around the personification of what it meant for me to walk in my journey of acceptance in public attached to something that mattered to me so much, the things that I'm sharing with you is what came to me. I know that I can be hard on myself. I know it. I've always known that. My closest friends know that. And I also know that I am so very passionate about bettering myself. But something that I learned years ago is that it's okay to both have a desire to better yourself and also just embrace who you are because you're not some broken, defective thing just existing in this world and not allowing yourself to just have the faulty pieces is not fair, right? Um, well, I'm saying right to you, but yes, this is the thing that I'm owning. <laughs> I'm owning this for myself. And I'm, I also want to encourage you. Now, I want to read something from the five commandments of self-love. And this is under commandment number two, honor thy mind. Okay. So this is about self-talk. The sentence that begins with the words, I am, is powerful, but even more impactful are the words that follow. The words you declare to be your truth or define who you are shape your own self-perception. How you see yourself in turn makes an impact on how you speak to yourself. In considering how you speak to yourself, are you encouraging, affirming, critical, overcritical, judgmental? gentle, harsh? Do you speak to others as you speak to yourself, whether in your best or worst moments? Do others speak to you how you speak to yourself in your best or worst moments? I would like to raise a bigger question. Are you completely conscious of how you speak to yourself at all times? Chances are there are times when you speak of limitation. Do any of the following phrases come to mind? I can't, 
I am not, I don't deserve, I can't, I'm not enough, I'm not ready, I'm too X to do this, etc. Let's be honest, even the most confident person around has moments of insecurity. Hello, I'm waving, I'm, I'm waving at you. You can't see me. I'm raising my hand. Okay. It happens. It's not the fleeting moments of doubt that imprison us. It's the reoccurring script that we play that affects us most. So I want to stop there because I definitely don't operate constantly from a place of harshness. I have frequent moments, <laughs> but it, it's not constant, right? So I've actually done a lot of work to release the judgment and the harshness that I used to carry. Part of that was just growing up in a really critical home. And I used to be more comfortable with criticism than praise, okay? But once I came to realize, ooh, that's not so healthy. And if that's your life, I'm not trying to take a jab at you. For me and myself, I realized, ooh, that's not so healthy. And I really worked on that in, in therapy, life coaches, you know, journaling, reading, et cetera, et cetera. Just learn how to be more gentle with myself. Now, the challenge is... How do I show up when I need to love me the most? How do I show up for myself when I need to love me the most? How do you show up for yourself when you need to love you the most? How do I show up in moments of imperfection? Do I just say, oh, it's cool, it's okay, Tiff, let it go? Or do I freaking go in on myself? Gosh, dang. Now, often I've gotten to a place where I can do some deep breathing and really have to like talk myself down and say, you know, Tiffany, it's, it's okay. It's okay. But this was an outlying situation because it, it was something that meant so much to me. And I realized that when there are experiences that I have that completely turn out differently than I wanted. And these are experiences that mean so much. That's when that self-critical voice is super activated. And that's when at a, a certain time, imperfection is not allowed. <laughs> Imperfection is not allowed. I mean, it always is allowed, but this this is how my mind responds, okay? It's like, what's wrong with you? How can you do that? How did you let that happen? You should have known better. You should have did better. You should have, should have, should have, should have, should have. And something that I love doing in therapy, not just for myself, but with my clients are, exploring what we call core beliefs, negative core beliefs. And these are really deeply rooted beliefs that we have about ourselves. And these are often activated in really challenging interactions with people, okay? 
And one of two of my previous, and I say previous because I don't really hold them, but they definitely come up to surface every now and again, is I have to be perfect. I have to be a good girl. And I should have done better. And that's because of certain dynamics that existed in my upbringing. And those were very clear narratives or very clear words that were spoken to me. Like, you should have done better. You need to be... It. it I didn't hear I needed to be perfect, but... You, we we know how those kind of things go. Like when caregivers are just never satisfied and nothing works and the closer you are to perfection, the better. Um, and the I need to be a good girl, like that came from like a very dogmatic, uh, religious kind of dynamic that I had with one of my caregivers. So... In reflecting in this moment around, you know, my TEDx experience, um, that I have to be perfect thing was coming up. This is a big deal. I've been praying for this. I've been writing about this. I mean, this is the first year I didn't put it on my vision board and it came to pass in six, seven years. How could you fumble? That's what I kept telling myself. How could you fumble? How could you not show up perfectly in doing something that you wanted so bad? But then I said, not initially, okay? We we talking about after the processing child, okay? What came to me was like spirit wanted you to know that this is the perfect way for you to show up. Completely useful, completely organic, completely passionate, and completely imperfect. And once I got that, I said, wow, and I cried. I cried because I never want, and and the interesting thing is I never want people to see me as perfect. Like spiritually, I think carnally, and that could just very fucking much be the Virgo in me, I do have a, okay, I need things to look right. But the I need things to look right is not because of a desire of other people's validation, right? For me, as a previous negative core belief, not being the good girl or not being perfect or not doing the best led to judgment, scrutiny, and emotional neglect. So the the advantage of being, you know, a mental health professional, you can analyze yourself easily. I mean, clearly I have blind spots as I have my own therapist. However, I know that what happens for me um, intrinsically is showing up 
imperfect to the world means that I open myself up to scrutiny. And the insecurity that I might have connected to that negative core belief of, oh no, I'll get in trouble, or oh no, this wasn't good enough, is what's being activated, right? So even in seeing those only two random comments, right? Like now that I'm in a better space, it's totally not a big deal. But seeing those two comments about um, the video, it was only sparking up something for me because I was already carrying a lot of embarrassment, you know? And so once I did the, let me grieve this and forgive myself, I was able to release it. And so that's the thing that I want to offer you when it comes to embracing imperfection. Um, Giving yourself permission to be imperfect is a really big deal. Like really giving yourself permission to be imperfect. Because if you don't, then your spirit (laughs) says... This, this is not allowed and you're bad. And then once you start judging yourself as bad, not good, not good enough, that's where the embarrassment comes. That's where the shame comes. That's where you wanting to be behind a veil or hide comes. And, and it can go really deep. So when we're talking about self-talk and criticism, what I want you to know is that the words that you speak to yourself really matter. They really, really matter. And it's important to be able to be aware of how you're speaking to yourself and catch it. Right, because I don't know if there will ever be a day where I would never say anything critical. I, I don't know. Anything is possible. But what matters more for me is the fact that one, I am surrounded by such loving people who mirror light, love, and joy back towards me because that light, love, and joy is in myself, even in a moment of self doubt or insecurity. So that's one. But two, I do my best to catch that shit. Right? Like, yes, I felt embarrassed for a good three and a half weeks. <laughs> um, but the, the most intense days around the criticism <laughs> were the day of the event, um, the day they accepted the video, um, and then the day that this video was posted. Other than that, you know, I was like, uh. This is not the best, but I could still move on with life, right? Like I wasn't stuck in this imprisonment until the critical voice was intensely loud. And I think that it's something so important to be aware of because that voice can keep you from living life. 
That voice can keep you from seeing the best in you. That voice can keep you from seeing the best in others. That voice can keep you from going after opportunities or being open to receiving blessings from other people, from universe around you. It will keep you from just being free to be imprisoned in thoughts of limitation and lack of worthiness and non-deserving, etc. That is a heavy weight to bear. It really, really is. And so what do you do when you find yourself being really critical. Well, one thing I kept doing was sharing my self-criticism with people. (laughs) And even though I was sharing it, I was doing it from a place of like, please tell me this is not true. Please, please. I know it's not true, but this is how I feel. So I, I did intentionally reach out to people because I knew I mean, they told me that I was higher up on my anxiety mountain than I thought, but I I knew that having support or having conversations with certain people would ground me. I knew that. So that's one thing that I would recommend is if you have safe landing place in people that regard you, respect you, revere you, love you, care about you, and can, you know, safely hold you in this place of like, look, stop saying that shit to yourself. And this is why, right? Because it's not just about don't say that to yourself because that is an authoritative voice that you don't need because you're already using an authoritative voice. The, The support comes in them providing counter evidence, right? Okay, yeah, I get that you didn't have this external microphone. I'm fucking tired of hearing you talking about this microphone and this audio. Great. So can you buy a microphone? By the way, you might notice that this episode sounds a little more clearer because your girl went out and bought a fucking microphone. Okay. One. Two. Um... Capturing your thoughts so you yourself can see them and affirm, right? So one step into working on this self-critical voice, right, is leaning on others because sometimes you can't do it for yourself if you're like so, if it's so loud, right? So if you can lean on someone else to be supportive, that's great. A person, not social media. Don't, don't, not social media. I think sometimes people don't have the support they need. So they go out to social media because they're self-loathing and need validation and help and all the stuff. It is, it's not the same. It's just not the same. Um, If you do that, it's not a judgment. However, it, it is really just not the same. And then there is also just like an internet imprint. So, you know. Just kind of want to be mindful of those things. Um, But yeah, leaning on others and then to 
writing down, acknowledging those thoughts, breathing, and affirming them, affirming the opposite for yourself. Those are essentially the two things that I'm offering to you. These are things that I do. These are things that I did. Um, And again, you know, I had challenges for a good three and a half, three weeks, y'all. So, you know, bear with your girl. But that that one day, I'm I'm thankful the next morning I was able to shift. Like I had the loathing going on the whole day, you know, it de-escalated throughout the day, but the next morning it shifted. It's okay to be imperfect. It's okay to make a decision that you think is the best at that time and then look back and be like, oh, dang, I could have made another decision. But the challenge is don't get stuck in the past. Don't get stuck in the alternate reality because that is where harboring unforgiveness lies. And so that's why I said I needed to grieve and forgive myself. When I'm getting in a self-critical place, I know that it's about holding something against myself. I know that it's about not accepting reality. And, And part of the grieving process is getting to the place of acceptance. When we lose something, we can lose a fantasy, a relationship, a part of your identity, can lose some aspect of a dream, right? I had to lose the fantasy around what I thought this was going to be and get to the place of accepting what it was. And as long as I was playing in my head, everything that I wanted it to be that it wasn't, I was going to stay stuck. So that's why I had to allow myself to grieve it. Embracing the imperfection is also, like I said, giving yourself permission to be imperfect, right? So that's also like forgiving yourself for what you're not or what you're not doing, or what you didn't do, it's okay. Now, sometimes you may not feel like it's that deep, but for those who struggle with perfectionism, those who struggle with self-criticism, I know it is that deep. People can get to a really unhealthy place striving to be perfect. And it doesn't matter if it's in your professional life. It doesn't matter if it's in your personal relationships. It doesn't matter even if it's with your body, right? Like perfectionism or the the striving to be as perfect as possible can show up in so many ways. As a clinician who works with individuals with eating disorders, I've seen the physical repercussions of what a diseased spirit can manifest when 
perfectionism is at the core of its functioning. It's a struggle when people have an idea of what they think they should be, do, say, give, et cetera, et cetera, and they don't do it. For some people, they're able to just release that shit and let it go. And other people, it eats them up. So my message is for you, the person who strives to be something and do something. And when you don't, it eats you up. Learning to embrace all that you are and all that you've yet to be and all that you're not is all a part of the journey. Honoring yourself, accepting yourself. There is beauty in your imperfection because that's what makes you human. Even the people that you think are perfect, you don't know what the reality is. Perfectionism is a fantasy, an ideal in and of itself because shit is always funky and always happening. We wear masks well. We cover up odors well. We perfume well. We we scent well. But under everything, it's just humanness and it's okay. So that's it for today, y'all. I learned... something so valuable in this for myself that for me to be authentic, it means to authentically embrace every up and down, every mountain and valley. Every color in the spectrum and I now can do that proudly because I know as someone who's identified that part of my purpose is to break cycles of dis-ease and struggle and dysfunction that looks like me embracing that And I know that a part of a lot of people's struggle is not feeling good enough. So now I know when spirit gives me an opportunity that allows me to highlight a time where I didn't feel good enough or to highlight an opportunity to lean into the fact that no matter what, you are beyond fucking enough. That's part of my purpose. And I'm so glad that I was blessed to have this shift and offer it to you. I also want to encourage you to 
watch the video, you can just go on YouTube and type TEDx UC Davis Tiffany Wright. The TED Talk, the TEDx Talk, excuse me, is entitled Owning Your Identity in the Digital Age. How ironic, right? How fucking ironic. I was offering the world something. And in the same light, owning my identity as a perfectly imperfect speaker, self-love ambassador, mental health provider, I didn't even fucking eat the lesson because I was not thinking about the title. I was focused on the content and the content is something that I walk in, it's something that I share, something that I'm constantly connected to. But the title was also my gift. In the video, I'm gonna I go over 10 questions that I give my clients whenever we're doing identity work. And one of the the questions is: what are five strengths that you have? And literally up till now, I'm realizing embracing imperfection is a strength that I have. I know that vulnerability is definitely a strength that I have. But the vulnerability connected to embracing imperfection is wow. I love y'all. Check it out. Let me know what you think. And uh, see y'all next time. Well, y'all, that's the end of today's episode. I hope that you got something from it. Thank you so much for your support. Please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, share this with a friend. I am accessible via my website, www.livethebelife.com. You can feel free to shoot me an email. If you want to subscribe to my newsletter, I send out newsletters once or twice a month. I'm on Instagram and Twitter handle at the T-H-E underscore B-E underscore life. Also have a Facebook page. All my products are available online on Amazon, but they're also listed on my website. Hope that you move forward in your day, in your week, feeling connected to yourself and grounded. Hope that you just stay aware of the shifts that are going on within and around you because they're always happening. Don't forget, seek to shift, seek to grow, seek to be you. Until next time, be well.